to Mbappé! What a great day it's been for him! So you want this confidence oozing through his veins. Yeah, tap it with the football tap. It's the number one podcast. Yeah. With a football at, tap in with the football tap. Yeah. Tap in with the football tap. Guru. Tap in with the football tap, like a spinal, or it could get messy like Lionel. Them other podcasts throw back like a vinyl. The guru, he the goat, so it really ain't no rivals. Podcasts about passion, barely dollars. My favorite, Ronaldo, Jamal Musala. Football tap, it should be on your radar. Come and kick it with us, like Neymar, Sadio Mane, or Erling Haaland. Either way, the football tap, prime time. Yeah, now take that to the bank with you. The guru, he don't talk, he just paint. Vividly, so come and see what he's saying. Highlights and more, you never get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never get bored. Football tap, the number one source. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Yeah, yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Guru, football tap. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. Yeah. With the football tap, come and chill with the groove, cuz football back, yeah. Alright, welcome to the football. Uh this Wednesday uh Thursday, October 26th edition. I'm Ryan, joined by Elliot. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, how are you? Oh well, I'm I'm living the dream, man. Um, you excited for the big match this weekend? Yeah, it should be good. Uh, obviously today's performance was encouraging. Um, but you know, we're we're gonna have to go up there and 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 beat the best. So it's it's uh, it will be a challenging one, but I I do think it will be uh very close and competitive. So talk to me about that. Um, Lukaku scores another goal. Um, obviously, you guys can have a, a dream start. You score in the first minute, and Lukaku uh, makes it a double for Roma. And then, um, you know, you play a typical Jose Mourinho style of football. Don't let them have much in a tacky chance um, and win the game 2-0. So I, I thought that was incredibly encouraging. But what what do you think needs to happen this weekend? It's a hard question because, <coughs> you know, Inter is so – Inter are so loaded that even if they're even if they're not at their very best, they can still beat teams. Now, I, I think that we've been, I think we've won five in a row in all competitions. I think we're we're in better position in terms of the the shape of the team. I think Lukaku scoring again. My stipulation with Lukaku is uh, is the big games and some other things. Obviously, that I've that I've stated earlier. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be fawning over him the way. I guess a lot of the fan base is yet. I'm waiting for the moments for, for me to obviously to, to get behind him in the same way as everybody else. Cause I see him as a, a, an elite goal scorer inside the box, but I don't view him as a superstar because he hasn't shown me uh, at least lately that he has been in Rome. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Uh, this inter game is a big test for that reason, because that's always been the knock on him is can he perform in the big games? And this will be a great chance against a fan base that hates him with his new team, without Mourinho on the bench. I think um, Lukaku's going to need to play very well, obviously. Um, but over the last couple, over the last couple of weeks, we've been um, we've been better. I think the the midfield uh, uh, adjustments that have been made um, uh, like three weeks ago has helped a lot and has put us in better shape in terms of the way uh, we've, we've played lately. And I think if we can, if we can, if we can be sharp and we're going to need to be sharp, we're going to need to be almost perfect because no Dybala, no uh, Pellegrini, no Smalling. So we're going to have some, some issues with the inter attack. I'm, I'm more worried about um, being able to stop the, you know, Latar Martinez that's the biggest issue for me because in terms of attacking play, I think we got, we we've proven 
through our midfield and our attacking uh, pieces that we can score goals and we can be a threat attacking wise. Um, but when you talk about Lartaro Martinez and the moves, the movement he can make and, and the way he plays off of um, uh, Marcus Theron, who's, who's a, another threat as well, um, is keeping those two guys in check is going to be extremely difficult. That's why I think the game is going to be won and lost based on the defending and the goalkeeping that from our side. Now, attack, us attacking, them attacking at, at their best, um, I think that can be a that could be one of those situations where it can go either way. But first and foremost, we have to defend at a high level and we have to make sure that Lataro and, and Marcus don't have a day where they can just pick us off. And I think that, that's the most important thing because I, I have faith in the attacking play that we have. So it's just kind of stopping the, the big stars. And if we're able to slow them down a little, then I think we could have a chance to even go there and, and beat them. Yeah, I have to say this. Syriot, Syriot, that's a fucking joke that Joe Jay even got that red card. Um, poor officiating. Once again, we see that Syria and, and Italian football in general just likes to kiss up to the big clubs. You know, you're into Milan, AC Milan, Juventus. I, I think Klopp doesn't get that. That doesn't get sent off if he does the same thing. No, it's I, a I think. Standard. I th- and, well, Jose Mourinho. Yeah, that's an insult to Jose Mourinho to compare him to Klopp. <laughs> No, but I'm just saying, we've seen Klopp do way worse on the sideline than that. I mean, all he did was did the crying face to the, the, the opposing bench. I mean, if you want to give him yellow, okay, but straight red, I think, that, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You're allowed to gloat if you win in the 90th minute. So I, I, I just think there's, there's huge uh, hypocrisy in terms of other coaches that have done worse than that on the sideline and get don't even get a yellow card. So I, I just think that I just use Klopp as an example because Klopp is, is someone who's very uh, animated on the sideline and will do certain things and say certain things that Jose Mourinho could not do or say. And I, yeah, I, I just think that the red card is ridiculous, but yeah, uh, go on. Yeah. Well, you know, not only that, I, I think we're worried about the wrong thing, you know, Italian football, and I hate to bring this up. They let Lazio get away of placing Anne Frank stickers on the Roma supporters, and they don't even get a points deduction for that. But yet, Jose Mourinho does something that simple, and it is such a big deal that he's a red card and suspended for the biggest match of Roma season. I, I just think that I'm with you. I think the hypocrisy is ridiculous. I think they're focused on all the wrong things. Um, for this reason, this reason alone, I hope they go up to, uh, um, to Milan and kick Inner's ass. But if you want to be honest, I'm going to say a two-two draw. Yeah, and I think that's positive if Rome we're going to pull it off. Now, and I think to do that, mistake can't happen at the back because again, nobody's playing better than Latar right now. And I'm not talking stats because if you want to go stats, you can go with the guy that's two guards having an amazing season. But if you're talking overall performance of a striker, ain't nobody doing it like him right now. Um, and then you know you go up against the top strikers in world football that none of them other than maybe Holland has a, has a number two that is just as potent as he is. And that's the difficulty. Cause you go into these games in the past when Cardi was banging them in again, he always scored against us, but to stop, to try to get a, a result against inter, in those days, you stop one, you just had to stop the one guy. And the, obviously the Roma team was better at that time, but, but, and then we can go win the game. Now you're going to have to not stop one, but two. So and, and this is, it's not as it's. I mean, it's it, it's just as difficult stopping Victor and Cavaro together, but they play kind of spread out to each other. When you know, when you're looking at defending against Inter, you could have both of them in the box at the same time, and that's that's scary for any any defense in the entire league. So I think it's it's going to be tough, but I think getting a draw, even getting a point from from all that, would be would be a, a huge. Um, a huge result. We're we're on the the brink. We're only like three points from the Champions League, which is crazy yeah. since we started the we started with one point after three games. Um, so obviously, getting a point would be huge. Um, we beat them last year without Josie on the bench in Milan, but that was but DiBala was there, so that's that's another reason where I'm I'm a little hesitant because no Pellegrino, no DiBala. We have other weapons in those areas, but. But Dabal is just next level with all due respect to 
a lot. I see Lukaku and all the, the other guys we have up front, but um, but yeah, I think I think we could get something from the game. And I, going into that game, a point would be a, a terrific result against the team that I, I believe is going to win the league. All right, uh, very good. Now I want to talk about our next topic. Somebody that I love, you love. I think um, we have a kid in Leverkusen that's about to be a $200 million transfer this summer. I firmly believe that. I think there's going to be a bidding war between the big boys. I think it's going to be between Barcelona. Honestly, I think it'll come down between Barcelona and Real Madrid, especially since the man's been worked linked to Barcelona um, these past three months. But Florian Wirtz um, is coming out, is having his coming out party. And my goodness, is it fun to watch. Um, once again today, I think Leverkusen won five to one. Watch the highlights of that match. Scores again. Um, Leverkusen, they haven't lost in any competition this year. Um, and I think a lot of us are, well, a lot of people are scratching their heads. I'm not. I think Javi Alonso is a great manager. I think um, he's another one that if um, Leverkusen win the league, he could be on for bigger and better things. But Florian Wartz, man. Yeah, I Are mean, you impressed? They, scored, they scored five. He had something to do with four of them. And that's the thing. And obviously, between the two clubs that you mentioned, which probably be the two clubs in, in, in contention when the time comes, I think it's Barcelona all day long. Yeah. Because if you think about what, um, what uh, you know, Real Madrid has done with Bellingham, who, again, who's been um, just ridiculous. And again, I've always held hold the opinion of the, of the couple names that we throw in that sort of youngest player going versus always been my always been my preference because I think Bellingham is statistically having a better season. Bellingham even performance wise is probably having a better season. But if you look at um, the midfield capabilities of both players, if you just went category by category, reverse kind of beats Bellingham out almost every single one. So I, I really think that the idea of putting him in Barcelona, and again I detest Barcelona at this time. But just from a football standpoint, you put him in Barcelona with Lewandowski, with the guys that they have there, and then you look at what Real Madrid are building, potentially bringing Mbappe in the, in, uh, in the summer if, if, they, if they can pull that off. Then you have Bellingham and, and, and Verts um, in midfield. And then you have, again, he's not technically a striker, but, but the, the, mon- the three-headed monster of Mbappe, um, Vin- Vinicius Jr., and Rodrigo, then uh, um, then with Barcelona, you have Lewandowski, you have Torres, and you have um, another piece there. And remember, Pedri is also in the Barcelona midfield. So even the midfield match it up together. But, but the thing is about versus a lot of people don't understand, it's not just about watching the stats. Like, you can watch stats all day long and say, okay, this guy has better stats. But if you actually watch him play – Again, with respect to the other ones, there's just there's just there's a there is a slight gulf between where he is in terms of his overall play and uh, the other ones that are mentioned in this conversation. Like statistically, he may not look the best because of stats and whatnot, but but if you actually if you just watch the the, the player operate, he's in a league not all by himself, but he's in a league with very few in terms of what he can do in that midfield position. And again, the name that you would associate with his, um, with him in terms of just from uh, just watching him work, is players that are much older, much more experienced, and have won a lot. So I think Leverkusen haven't lost this season. I think at this point they're the favorites for the Bundesliga. Uh, I think they're, they're the favorites for the Europa League, and um, I think they'll they're probably second favorites for the. Um, for the cup. So a treble could be possible. Now the way from a Javi Alonso perspective, as long as he's there, I think Javi stays. Um, but I think if Verts does end up going in, uh, this summer or next summer, that will be when, when um, Javi Alonso uh, spreads his wings and goes to a bigger club. What, what that club is, I don't know, but he's on the short list of a lot of big clubs at this moment, but what they're well, doing. I'm going right to tell you exactly where he's going to go. Do you want to know my prediction? Yeah, go ahead. I think he wins the Bundesliga this year, stays another year, goes to Man City when Pep leaves in 2025. I think that almost makes too much sense for it not to happen. You know? Yeah. I don't think he'll go to Bayern Munich because I think he's, he's 
basically battling Bayern Munich. I mean, Bayern Munich is one of the teams he's battling right now. Leipzig is in that conversation as well. And then you think about Liverpool. I don't think he'll go to Liverpool. Just I just don't think that's a that's a place where he'll end up. Madrid. Even though he played there, that's my only argument. Even though he played there, you don't you don't think he'd have any interest in that. I'm not saying he wouldn't have any interest in that. I just don't think that would be the top of his list, um, just because the 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 the, per, the 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 situation would be: Can you go and beat Klopp or sorry, beat Pep? It's a it's a difficult environment to go. So can he go in there and put the pressure on and make something happen with the Liverpool side? I think there's a good chance. I just don't think it's gonna happen, but it certainly could happen because I I, I know uh, Klopp is gonna be there for another couple of years. Um, you know, Carlos eventually going to leave Real Madrid. That's a possibility. But I think, again, my long-term bet on this is that Nagelsmann will will do the Germany thing for a year, whatever, uh, and then go to Real Madrid. Um, but I guess there's some other options that possibly could be on the table that he really start to think about it. I don't think he'd be interested in the PSG job because I think that's going to open up again. Um, then outside of that, it just there's. But I think it's. Big. I think it's big clubs only. I don't think I don't think a a club at his uh, this uh, at a Leverkusen level is going to happen again after this year and next year. I, I guess this year, Vertsen and and Alonso are together. I get next year next summer. I think Verts goes to um, Barcelona for I don't know. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but he's going to cost a lot. And then I think um, that during that summer or the the summer before whatever. During during a t- time period that's close to that, that he'll also leave when when he's accomplished uh, some sort of silverware. Leverkusen, which could be the league, could be the cup, it could be the Europa League, and I think in the, he'll, he'll be back in the Champions League next year for sure. So I think that's we'll have to see. But they're they are the favorites for the Bundesliga right now. I do still think Leipzig is going to win it, but I do think that Leverkusen right now are in the driver's seat. And the big question about them coming into the season is we all saw the moves that they were pulling off and everything they were doing. The question was, are they ready now? And I think they're a year ahead of schedule and they very well could they'll win something this season. I don't know what it will be, but it will be something. And I think that's a huge part. And Virch is the one driving that, but obviously you got like Romaldo, Boniface, Fring Pong, and, and uh, um, uh, the guy at Arsenal, um, um, Zaka, in there too, Jonas um, um, Hoffman from Glogbach. I mean, they've built this team so perfectly, and I think we're, we're seeing it in, in real action now. Yes, very, very good. I agree. And I think Jocko, like I told you, you I, I know you disagreed with me a little bit in the offseason, but I told you he was going to be a big influence come in because, like I said, he's won trophies. I know it's just the FA Cup, but it's th- still a major trophy. He's won trophies at a big club. He's been to a Europa League final with Arsenal. I think that experience just – I think that little bit of experience and leadership put them over the top, like truthfully. Um, obviously, you got Javi Alonso. Um, Javi Alonso, um, I can't speak anything but praise for him. Um, now I got to go to another manager that I want to speak praise for because I think he's doing a master job with the amount of talent in his team. And that is a guy we, uh, we were uh, sacking last year. How about Allegri, though, having Juventus uh, – Two points for the top of the league. Yeah, he's been sharp. I mean, does he at times that he still look like a fool? Yeah, but I think it's it's not so much of his. Uh, um, how do I how do I phrase it? It's not so much his tactical brilliance or anything like that. But he, he I think he now understands where he is, so he put the right sort of pieces together. And what I've noticed from this Juventus side is. Do they look? Do they look dominating? Uh, do they look like a dominant team on paper? Not really. You look at that squad. You're like, eh, this isn't good. Okay. They're, they're all right. This this is a nice player. This is a nice player. This ain't good enough though. They're not going to win anything. They're not going to be very competitive. Um, but the pieces that they brought together are all thick fitting together. You look at uh, Federico Chiesa is back and scored a couple goals this season. Dusan Vladovic has has kept the, I guess, the Serbian uh, trail going with Djokovic and, um, and um, uh, the, the Denver, the Denver dude and the Joker in the NBA. Um, yeah. So he's, he's keeping that going as well. He's played well. Um, 
Uh, yeah, but the, the midfield has been pretty good. Weston's been kind of moved around, um, and I think he's playing per- fairly well as well. I mean, his dad needs to stop talking about where he needs to be played and just. I agree with that. I, 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 I don't want to dislike Weston the way I dislike Christian, and one of the biggest reasons I dislike Christian is because his father won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, excuse my French, but I mean that just needed to be said. But I, yeah. I agree with you. He what do you think be- about Timothy Ware's performance this year? Oh, he was good. He was good on the weekend. Um, I, I think he's trying to feel where he's supposed to be in this team. And, you know, the, the, the question I had about him in the summer was, how's he going to fit into this striking room, striker room? Because you know how many attackers that they have. They got Milik. Yep. They got uh, Vladovic. They have Moise Keane. You, you're, you're not going to see very many teams use four strikers. So how is this all going to work? He's, I think he's just kind of getting comfortable with it. So I, I don't want to judge him too harshly. He hasn't looked amazing, um, but he has games where he's been very influential. Now he doesn't he, in in his good performances, he doesn't register a goal and an assist. But he he, I don't know what his where he should be playing all the time. But but I think <laughs> he has he has good games where he's been contributive to the players around him to the other attackers. Um, eventually, he's gonna he's gonna break out of a shell and start scoring some goals because that's what we want to see. Um, but we're not we're not looking for a guy who's gonna score 10, 15 goals. He's a low volume scorer as, at that position. It's about his, the rest of his game is gonna be the reason to be very effective to this team. I think he's done well. Um, I don't think he's been bad, but I don't think he's really lit the world on fire either. Um, Little consistency give- issues, but but I, I like what I see from him, and they just have to find a way to use him the best way they, that they can, basically. But I'll give him credit; he's played himself into the line into the lineup every single match. He's played in all nine games this year, yeah. and I mean, I know he hasn't been consistent, but you have to give him credit for that because I thought me and you predicted remember at the beginning of the year that maybe he'd get into twenty games. Well, if it keeps going now, I think we're going to be close to the twenty five thirty game range, which yeah. I think is excellent. But Great. And if you look at this performance-wise, because obviously Christian's done a great job there in, in Milan, and I, I, and I, I you know, give my, my hats off to him, and I, I'm, I'm cheering for him. But when he in games where he's not really um, scoring and and really contributing to the attack, he's uh, he's not been uh, very consistent in that regard. Now he's done well, but in the games he's not scoring, he hasn't really found a way to be impactful. Um, and again, that's not a slight; it's just. New team, new system, and he needs to find ways to to be more. But but you look at that, and then you look at the games where, oddly, where where is not scoring, he's at least being consistent. His performances are fairly consistent. Now he wants to take that up a notch. And again, Christian's high levels this season. Um, where hasn't even got close to that, but he's being very consistent to the team, being productive. Uh, where Christian, when he's not being as a when he's not scoring and not doing his his thing uh, at at the high level, he needs to find a way to be to be able to kind of be effective to the rest of the team. But to Christian's credit, the one thing I said at the beginning of the season is when Liao gives you the ball, put it in the back of the net. And when he has when that connection has come into play, I, he's done that. I mean, he's, it's only been one goal, but still, um, when he's getting the ball from Liao, he's doing good things with it. Um, but I think he needs to work on – so the way he needs to, to work on just spreading his wings a bit and being mu- a, a, a better – not more consistent, but continue to to build on what he's done because I think he's been consistent. And what Christian needs to do is be more consistent when he doesn't score. So I think they're all – both of them are doing well, but in different ways. Sure. Um, Inter Milan – Actually, go ahead and talk about the game because I know you wanted to make a comment on that on the one nil win by uh, Juventus this weekend. Oh, I th- we kind of just went into it. I-, I think it was a really impressive performance by Juventus, who's done well. Um, obviously, the red card is a red card. Christian gets taken off, and again, it's not his fault. It was the best tactical move in that moment. No uh, Manyan in goal because of the red card fiasco of the previous game. But I think Juventus played very well. They didn't feel. They didn't feel too pressured by AC Milan at any point. And obviously the big miss set by uh, Giroud in the, in the first 10 minutes was a big that, – that's one of those where, like, if he had just stuck – if he had just sort of stuck that one, it would have been a, a totally different uh, – it could have been a totally different game. 
but they waited for their chances and again they they took it and when they took their chance they, they converted with Locatelli. a little bit of a deflection um again the goalkeeper for ac Milan was 40 years old um so um you know take that as, as you will but i liked uve's performance because it was very critical of them last year when i've watched them play in full length this season i've been impressed with juventus and what they've done and and I think they're continue continue to do well. And again, if Inter manages a way to mess this up, which I don't think they will, but if if they're going to mess it up, I think Juventus is probably the most likely of the other teams to um, to go and do it because I think there are some there's some issues with Napoli and, and AC Milan that need to be addressed. And I think I just think that on paper Juve don't look the best, but they're the the pieces they have they're working together. I think that's that's a big part of trying to be competitive in in a, uh, a title race. So I, I think again, I think that they will probably get second. And I think they have if something happens with Inter, they will be the ones to just to to grab the title instead of the other two. At least that's where I feel right now, and that could be different in three weeks. But that's that's where that's where I am with Juve at this moment. All right, Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid in my opinion, cost themselves the spot in the um, – I think Lazio are going to get them now. Um, I, look, I tell you this every year. As some team goes into Celtic Park and they have a huge misstep, and boy, did Atletico Madrid have a huge misstep yesterday. Um, I know it's Celtic Park. I know it's 67,000 people, and they're screaming their head on you. You cannot lose – you cannot even draw that game. That is a loss for Atletico Madrid, like pure and simple. And they look terrible. Celtic should have won that game. And now they're going to be about Rodrigo for the next two matches in the Champions League games. That's brutal. I, I, mean, I mean, that's brutal. You can't. Uh, that, that that yesterday was a disaster for Atletico Madrid. What's your take yeah. on that? The I whole mean, thing's brutal. I count that as a loss. It may not be a loss in the stat sheet, but from in my opinion, that is a loss. So okay, some finals in their group: Celtic, uh, Atletico Madrid, and Lazio, right? Yeah, and finals top of the group. Yeah, they're going to win the group. I think they'll probably take. Most of the next, I think they'll take the majority of the points uh, <coughs> to their disposal left. Um, I mean, wait, how, so South Africa on what? Uh, how many points do they have right now? Four? One, and they got their only point against Atletico. Oh yeah, because the, yeah, because Lazio, their completely legal goal didn't count against Lazio, and then Lazio scored uh, twice and, and won the game. <laughs> I yeah. keep forgetting about that. Um, yeah, I, I know it's a disaster. I mean, Griezmann and, uh, and Morata played well. Um, but I think the big loss here is the midfield. I mean, respectfully, Rodrigo DePaul is the Atletico Madrid midfield. It's not the only – I mean, he, he really is basically the, the only threat they have in that area. And I know they have um, they have Lorente and they have Coque in, that, in the midfield, but those two are not having a great season. Now, in the league, they're doing well. But in the Champions League, for some reason, their performances are dropping. They have one loss in in six games in the league. They're right up there with with uh, Madrid and and Barcelona. So the, the league wise, they're they're doing fine. It's just the Champions League stuff. It seems to be happening again. Because remember last year, they finished bottom of the group, and they yep. had they had Porto, Club Bruges, and and Leverkusen. Those were the three other teams. I, th- I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the three other teams in that group. You cannot be a Atletico Madrid with Diego Simeone, with the players they have, and finish bottom of a group that looks like that. Now, if they don't quali- if they don't finish second in the group that looks like this as well, it, you know, I think it's a bad sign because, okay, if, if you want to say Feyenoord is better than Atletico Madrid, I'm like, you'd have to, you had to convince me on it, but I think you could make an argument that that is a comparable um uh, I guess discussion, but they did. Uh, Finor did lose a uh, Kuga who went to um, uh, Benfica, who was their best midfielder the last couple of years. But they're they're still a very good team. But they're Lazio are not better than them, and Celtic are not better than them. So they should not be in a position where they don't finish above those two teams. Uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, and, and you have to think about the way they didn't win against Lazio. They had a goalkeeper. Yeah was behind the back of the net when they were about to win the game. So that looks bad. Um, and then, obviously, this one – I think this one looks worse, though, because um, 
Lazio did play well against them in that in that that first game, and the goalkeeper that scored used to be a striker, so I'll give him a little uh, leeway on that. But you can't go to you can't be having this type of performance against uh, Celtic in their backyard. I think that's it's, it's bad, and again, it's a hard place to play. But there's not one player on Celtic that could that would start for Atletico Madrid. That's exactly that's the problem. I mean, you don't see you don't see Man City, and I know Man City's not like a Madrid. You don't see Man City go to young boys though and have any trouble, and that's a hard place to play in Switzerland. So Atletico Madrid really have no excuse. Yeah, and and again, I don't mean that disrespectfully towards Celtic, <laughs> but but if they if every player on their squad was a free agent, Atletico Madrid would not talk to they would not just have start discussions with any of them. Yeah, you know, maybe, unless, maybe unless one or two of them for their bench. Maybe but maybe not, the, bench, the the Japanese guy up top I think is pretty good. Maybe yeah. he, he could be a bench player, and then maybe Joe Hart is be a backup goalkeeper. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. So the problem isn't the fact that they didn't they win, didn't win the game. The problem actually is the fact that none of those players would make it into your team. And you could even go further. There's a lot of the Celtic players that would not make it into the teams of obviously not Real Madrid, Barcelona, but even even lower than Atletico Madrid. Like Real Sociedad, Betis, Sevilla, those teams are they would none of those Celtic players for the most part would be able to start for those teams either. So there's a big, uh, huge difference in quality, and you know you got to be putting these. You have to beat them. Last year they had one point from six games, and the yeah. group they were in were was pretty challenging. But they had they had Shakhtar twice, and they couldn't. They only got one point. Um, they had, uh, yeah. So it was just they had a uh, what was the other team? I think um, Sheriff was in there too, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So you had Sheriff, you had Sheriff. Uh, I think it was Sheriff Real Madrid. Sorry, it was Sheriff Leipzig and and Shakhtar and Celta, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I had that wrong, but they had they had, anyway. The point is, they had been put in positions to have uh, beatable, winnable teams. Um. And they have not done it, and that yet they go here, or sorry, at home they they beat Atletico Madrid, which has players that, you know, Griezmann would be the greatest player in the club's history, at least recent history of the last decade. So you know, there, there's just yeah, there, I think there's a huge quality difference, and because of that you cannot be dropping uh, two points against Celtic, and I think that's a big problem. And again, we keep talking about uh, Simeone and when he's going to leave. And I don't know, but they're doing well in the league. But if they start not to do well in the league, I think a lot of pressure will be at him, especially if they can't make it through the Champions League. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think he's going to make it long, long. I think he's got a national team job coming up, though. I don't know where yeah. or when, but I, 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 that's just my thought. Um, Pierre Kalulu. Sorry, I just one more thing. I said they won't sack him. They'll mutually decide to to depart each yeah, other. Like, or, like, like Vanga and Arsenal. You can't yeah. sack him because he's the best manager in your club's history. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, go on. Um, here's my deal. Uh, you know Pierre Kalulu? Yeah. On AC Milan? Yeah. Uh, he got his lunch eight yesterday. This is what I tell him. Um, you're not going to start another game for us next, this year. You go alone if you want to. Otherwise, enjoy riding the bench. Um there, you were right about them. They they did not do enough to improve. And the fact that you're right, the fact that they are only a point behind Inter Milan, you're correct. It should embarrass Inter Milan. I mean, he got his lunch eight. My question is, why the heck would you start him? Um, he's only played three Serie A matches this year. Yeah, and you start him in a Champions League game against PSG. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not just trying to single him out because he's a bad performance, but that 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 that's an asinine move. I mean, certainly there had to be questions asked there. Yeah, I don't understand it because obviously, um, uh, Thal was better, Tamori's better. Yeah. Plus, the there's several center backs that would have been available to them that that would have been a better. Or you change the formation and try to do something different. Because uh, I, I I don't think that playing all three of them. As, a, as together, because I think that all three of them started the game. I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with it because I don't remember. Did they play a back three or or did they play four? I don't. They played remember. a back. They played four. Okay, so the problem with with putting him 
in that uh, spot is because – And they I'm play gonna, him right back. They didn't even play him in his natural position. That's like yeah. what – the whole thing's confusing to me. That's a problem because, again, Theo Hernandez has taught himself not to be the, the reason they concede goals. But yeah. if, if you're playing against uh, against AC Milan, more times than not, you're attacking his side. So I'm talking about the other side. Theo – Theo can do what he wants because he is an absolute machine going forward. He's as dangerous as anybody on uh, from an attacking standpoint from that side. So you have him. You already have a player that you know isn't the best defender, but you have to play him. Then you, if you put if you put um, Kalu on the other side, you have a player that doesn't play that position. So you're basically playing without without uh, obviously without strong. A position, a strong people out wide, because you know that 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 um, Theo's going to rush forward, and you know that if PSG gets the ball, you're putting your defense as a disadvantage because you you already have to sort of account for him running back after pushing forward. Um, yeah, I didn't understand it either, and I thought it was overall. I mean, you saw what Mbappe did to them. It was it, yeah. was, it was a joke. I mean, but that's the thing. <laughs> They're not good enough. I mean, Fakayo, I, I would say about Fakayo, I'll say this about him. I, I, I think all of their starters in defense outside of Theo Hernandez are good players, but I think all their levels are at mid-table clubs in the big five leagues. And that's no disrespect to them. I think they're all very good players. But I think it shows now because you're getting torn up by, a P- by PSG, and I know they have Mbappe and stuff. But PSG haven't really looked that impressive this season, and you concede three goals to them. I mean, I, I, that's inexcusable, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think Tamora is maybe a little higher level. I I always saw him as not always, but for the last couple of years, he looks like Fiorentina, the swallow kind of level. That's um, what I mean. But- I'm talking. That's what I mean. With like respect, like he's like a Union Berlin, Fiorentina, West Ham United, Ashton Villa level player. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the rest of the the defenders that they have, I, I mean, it's just off the top of my head, are probably a little lower level than that because I think Kalu, for example, who I like, who's a good player, but it's kind of like again less attention on it because obviously um, English the Premier League is, is is all the eyes, but but it's kind of like uh, uh, Harry Maguire, who's a decent defender, but you put him on Man United, and he's the you know he's the everything is, is his fault basically. Um, I mean, I mean, and I was happy that he scored that goal. I mean, Champions League. But, but the the point is, he was really good at Leicester City. You took him to United. He could not really replicate that. Now, Kalu is a good player who who broke through. I think he was at Mil- Milan. He came to Milan from somewhere else. I don't remember. He did well that first season, and he hasn't really done well since. Uh, do you remember the um, the Roma game from last year when Milan went up by two goals? And we scored twice in like three minutes. He yeah. was he was on the end. The Tammy Abraham goal was his fault. He gave him too much space. He didn't press him. And you had a ball across the top to a six foot three uh, attacker that was that was not in good form and needed needed a goal. So stuff like that. He could play for um, many of the teams, probably mid table. But I think you when the, the further you go up, the harder it's going to be. Um, but I think he could do a great job for a lot of different teams. I just think Milan is not the one. And here's the other problem with Milan and why um, if they start to, to trickle down, it's a big problem. Because um, he only got a, an additional chance to play with the team with the money that was spent. They, so, they also spent, I think, $72 million. Either, I forgot what the number is, but I think about around 75 to $80 million more than the second highest spender in the league, which was, I think, Atlanta. So the fact that you spent all this money, you, you brought in like 15 new players. You just threw them in there. And it's just Liao, Giroud, Tomori, and Manyan, and, and just all these new signings. And they also signed too many players in the same position. They signed um, the guy from Valencia with a really long name. I don't remember. Yep. They signed him. They signed Noah Okafor. They signed Christian Pulisic. The, I'm just giving you those three, and they, they signed the kid from uh, that, that was from the Netherlands. He can play in midfield, so it's not big of a deal. But but three of those three of those four players play the same position. Liao was on. Is Liao was going to play on one of those sides? 
So what, you, what you've done with moves like that, and they're good moves if you didn't have so many options at that position. You got Liao on one side, and then you have four players competing for one position on the on the other side. And I think the way they spent was wrong. They needed to spend because the team was was ripped apart, but they needed to. Yeah, I think they just made some poor decisions, and they have to they have to at least make the Champions League because of the yep. amount of money they're spending. Not just they're allowed to spend money, but you can't be spending that much more than everyone else and still do that. Because we talk about Inter Milan having one of the best transfer windows. They spent like half as much money as AC Milan. Because um, yep. I think I think Inter were like the third highest spenders in the league. So Alanta and AC Milan spent more than that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, I got to tell you this stuff. After watching that Shakhtar Barcelona game, I think my favorite player right now has got to be that Fermin Lopez kid from FC Barcelona who has just yeah. grabbed the bull by its horns and taken full advantage of his opportunity to start in their midfield. Uh, another fantastic goal. Um, he gets the number 11 shirt, too, as a 20-year-old. I mean, we all know what um, a guy by the name of Neymar Jr. did in that shirt. <laughs> so he, he's already got um, a pretty big, you know, a lot of hype around him, but what do you make of him? I think he's good. I think Barcelona always find these 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds that come in and look like they're 25. I don't know how they do it, but they, they have – La Masia has been so effective, and I think even the ones that don't work, work somewhere. Because you look at Fati, who, who, again, got the number 10 shirt he never should have got, goes to Brighton, and I think he's done pretty well. You look at all the players that kind of ruffled around and didn't really hit. I mean, Dembele is not the best example, but he he's doing pretty well at PSG. Um, but Serginho uh, yeah. Des, I'll give him credit. He's looked pretty well at PSV. Yeah, it's he, like him, he, he had to go through some really horrible uh, pains, but he's looked much better with our favorite man child, our, our, our favorite child, of Ricardo Pepe, out there too. <laughs> yep. Um, he hasn't said anything this year yet, uh, but I hope I hope someone in that mid that midfielder. One of those more experienced players had to work with him about the Osborne situation, but we've talked about that enough. Um, and he, but he's doing he's doing a good job. But I think uh, Barcelona just uh, are able to find these amazing players, and then then we go into the Ballon d'Or and then they get rigged uh, so they can win the, the young the the Copa Trophy. But all jokes aside, I think um, you know even if even if they go into financial ruins, which they should have, and they should not even be playing La Liga actually, but but. Even if that happens, they always have enough players through the academy who've done well, who've earned their their spots. And you look at you look at him. You look at the the, the I don't know what seventeen year old from I don't know how old is that. I think he's seventeen from 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 uh, last year who who broke through and now who, who's already playing for Spain. You look at Gavi, what he's done. You look at Pedri, what he's done, and and the other uh, five, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old that are getting opportunities. They know how to run their youth academy. And I would put, I think Barcelona probably has the best youth academy um, in the world. I think it's close with Ajax, but obviously Ajax are not doing well right now. Um, but, but I think they, we don't even talk about them anymore. They don't get my attention because they're, yeah. they're making Cruyff roll over in his grave. Cruyff might come back to life after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so but but I think they're among they have among the best um, uh, among among the best young talents, and they continue to produce them over and over and over again. And I think that's a beautiful thing because a lot of their best players are not spent are not through transfers. Um, I thought of Robert Lewandowski, but the, the the two stars in midfield are Gavi and Pedri. Both of them came from the the academy and and have done really well. And Barcelona could be one of these teams that we're talking about, um, you know, going on a big run and winning the Champions League and all this stuff. Um, but I, I still think, I still think it's Man City Inter are the two favorites. Um, and I, I really haven't seen uh, a third really come out of the shadows. It might be, it might be. And that's not going to be Bayern, but it might be. It might be. Uh, it might be this Barcelona side. It could be a Leipzig side. It could be one of these other ones. But I think. Barcelona, when we get into the round of 16 and beyond, will kind of come more alive. Because right now, it looks like a two-team race for the Champions League final. Um, but I think Barcelona should like what they have right now because they've, they've, they've been very impressive as of late. And I, I think they got a decent chance of winning El Clasico on the weekend. 
I'm looking forward to that match. All right, before we go, who would be your donkey of the week? Um, real quick, I want to talk about this uh, betting scandal really quickly. So I guess uh, uh, the um, oh, go the, ahead. The Tonali situation. I just want to talk about it briefly. I don't. Ha- I don't want to take a bunch of time, but but I, I think this whole situation is donkey of the week worthy. Well, actually, my actual donkey of the week is Union Berlin. You lost. You lost nine in a row. You can't get a shot on target. It's a total disaster. Um, but I also don't like the way um, uh, this betting thing is being handled because, oh, look, I understand that if, if it's a part of the rules, you know, it's a part of the rules. Yeah. But if you're going to do this, there should be some uh, moral ground in, in regards to the club. You can't have clubs sponsored by betting and then have players betting and players getting banned for 10 months. Now, tonight, I, go ahead. I agree. That, that's ridiculous. Newcastle has a betting sponsor on the front of their shirt. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So, for example, it's not the same, but LeBron James is allowed to bet on the Cowboys, right? He yeah. doesn't play for, in the NFL. Just in terms of NBA, NFL, all this stuff, all these leagues we're talking about are all different leagues, as those things are. LeBron can bet on who he wants, and I if, if you bet – I think you can bet in your own league as long as not your team involved. So no, um, you can't. But I get what you're saying. But you're right. Yeah. Like a baseball player could bet on an NBA game. Yeah, exactly. As and, long as he's and, not betting on baseball. So I gathered names of clubs that um, have uh, have betting sponsors, and I, I just want to <laughs> I just want to list them off. And I only did a few leagues just to see how many are actually doing this. So obviously, um, in uh, in France, you have a uh, uh, Monte player. And La Havre in England, you have Bournemouth, Brentford, Everton, Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, Southampton, West Ham, and next year you're going to have Aston Bell, right? Then in, in, in Germany, you have Union Berlin, St. Pauli, Dynamo, Dresden, Intrac, Braunschweig. In Portugal, the whole league is, is a betting – like the, the sponsor of the, of the, uh, the Portuguese league is, is a betting sponsor. So not just one team. The whole league is sponsored by a betting organization. You look in um, – in uh, 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 Netherlands, you have Feyenoord, Sparta Rotterdam, William II, Altright, Grongengon, uh, Edo Ten Hag, Twenty, and then uh, RKC, uh, and the, the, the team with the W, I can't pronounce. In Belgium, you have Club Brugge, Antwerp, and Turkey, you have Fernabace. Now, Italy, and, uh, sorry, uh, Spain no longer does this, but um, in the last year, whatever, whatever you want to say, these are the teams that, that had betting sponsors. Alves, C- Cadiz, Granada, Levante, Real Betis, Sevilla, and Valencia. So, wow. you're, you're t- yeah, so this was last year. I didn't look. Italy Italy didn't have the exact names. Spain no longer is associated with betting companies, but these are, the, these are clubs. And, again, some of these clubs are not the biggest. But, I mean, a lot of these are, are clubs playing in the, in the top, uh, you know, five leagues. And that's a bunch of players. So here's, here's the thing. Tenali obviously may have a gambling problem. You have him. You have Luca Lucas Pacotta who couldn't go to Man City because of it, right? You have um, Ivan Tony with Brentford. You have the kid at Juventus who got. I, I actually kind of feel bad for him because he also scored that horrible own goal against Juventus earlier in the season, which is one of the worst own goals I've ever seen. And then he got. Then he's gone for seven months. So I think the problem here is there, there has to be some uh, moral ground between the two things. Now, you, they should, they should, in my opinion, they should be allowed to bet on, on what they want as long as their team is not involved or their league is not involved. If Sandra Tonali yeah. wants to bet on um, AC Milan against uh, Genoa, he should be allowed to do that. He no longer plays for AC Milan. He's in his right to do so. And I think we got huge hypocrisy between – the, the the suspensions that are being given, and then you're you're talking about the clubs that are are promoting it. So if you're promoting this product, the players are obviously interested in participating. You can't be promoting this message and have an issue with when players decide to to do it. And again, Newcastle United is not one of the clubs. Oh, actually, it is. See, that makes it even worse. Newcastle United is one of the clubs that has a betting company. So even more so, I think it's it's a bad message, and I think it's nonsense. Again, if you want to do this and 
uh, you want to make bets and stuff and you want to punish people who do this, give them a, I don't know, couple weeks. You can't play the next yeah. month. But to, to, to suspend someone for 10 months for not for betting, I think is absurd because we've seen criminal stuff happen with yeah. with uh, with a betting situation. Sorry, not betting situation that we're that they're getting less suspended. They're, games. they're involved with real people. Mate, people want to resign Mason Greenwood. <laughs> Think about that. that. But yet the people time. have a problem with a guy placing five. Uh, probably not that because he's a professional footballer. But people have a problem with Tally placing five grand on a Serie A match. I, yeah, mean, I mean, he's not hurting anybody. What, yeah. what is he hurting? Yeah, with Greenwood, and I don't want to get into it too much. We had video evidence. Audio, they're not audio evidence. We had pictures. We had stuff we could connect the dots. And he still got signed to Gatafe. And I think that's ridiculous in itself. And, I mean, he's not going to be doing – I mean, he's, he's, he's there for the rest of the year or whatever. I mean, he's being outperformed by by someone who's played for Roma, Borja Morral. But, but – so he's not getting great minutes because he's the – Morial's the, like, the third highest scorer in La Liga. But, but the, the thing is, he never should have been able to give him that opportunity – and he got to spend. He, you know, he. We all know what happened, but but to, all Tanali did was bet on some games. He didn't hurt anybody. Um, yeah. You know, as long as you know. But I think Tanali for the next ten months is going to be working and training and training and training because of the Euros. And I think he, I think Euros he might be the best player in the whole tournament outside of Mbappe. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because I just. I just don't agree with with the way uh, this has been conducted from both sides, and I think it's just a total. It's just it's just a bunch of BS because you can, you can you can't bet on on games, but your club that you that you play for is sponsored by a a company that wants you to bet on games. It just it just doesn't add up. And anyway, those are my thoughts. All right. Well, very good. Last before I close out. Um... My grandma passed away this week. Um, she wasn't the biggest soccer fan, but she loved St. Louis, and she was really happy with the fact that they won the West this year. So hopefully St. Louis can advance pretty far in the playoffs. Um, that's all I'd say about that topic. I know she'll be smiling down happy if they do. And that's all I got for this week. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one.